0: Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed.
1: And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy week 10 fantasy show. That's right, Pestle's back, referring to himself in the third person.
0: How are you, Ed? I'm very well, yeah. I'm a lot more talkative than Tom was in the introduction, but that, that's very much a persona he's created.
1: Did you miss me?
0: Yes. That was nearly a no? Yes, we missed you. It's very hard leaving the show. I've got a newfound respect for you. Well, thank you very much. And
1: obviously you respected me immensely already, I hope. So yeah, I was away last week, very much enjoyed editing the show. My first time as a listener to our show. That was very exciting. Uh, How did it sound? Not as exciting as normal. Usually it's far better. (laughs) But... Tom and you will do is what I'll go for. Is that uh,
0: Could we put that as a review on the podcast?
1: Yeah, uh, in fact, if everybody, if you could just quickly pause the podcast uh, in a moment and go on, put a five star review, but then in the comments, if you could put Ed and Tom will do, we miss Pestle, that'd be appreciated. (laughs) We'll take a little pause now. Thank you very much. Appreciate you doing that and joining us back again. On paper, we were absolutely sport for
0: choice with big games this week and it didn't disappoint, did it? No, I mean, obviously the first game of the week, well, not the first game for taking to come out Thursday night football, but the first game in Germany on paper was, I think they were talking about it being the biggest matchup outside the US that's ever happened yeah. because you had the top two seeds in the AFC going head to head and uh, it didn't disappoint. But then it was... It was the games that you didn't... Ex- I certainly didn't expect the Texans against the books to be an absolute... I mean, Scott Hansen was almost lost for words, <laughs> wasn't he? Which is he, a rare occurrence. Rarity. He couldn't believe what was happening. I mean, what an ending to that game. I
1: have a sneak suspicion we're talking more about that game, mainly because uh, we've prepared our notes and research, so we know we're going to be talking a lot about that game. I had a really up week for fantasy this week. I won four out of my top five league matchups and 10 of my 14 main leagues I referred to. them. That's the week I badly needed for the last few weeks. I've had a couple of down weeks recently. This week was one of those weeks where all the players I've been in on in the drafts and all the moves I made on the wave wire I paid off. So I'm taking it this week as a win on the whole for me. How did your week go?
0: Well, I'm, I'm assuming, before we can move on to my week, I'm assuming you've just dropped Miles Sanders and Danny Jones in every league. Uh, no. I, uh,
1: <laughs> Daniel Jones, for some reason, I've put him on my IR spot. <laughs> I know he's not going to play, but he's going to sit there. Miles Sanders, I'm going to give it a week or two
0: just to see if he does forge a role post-injury. The not be looking clicking. good, though. No. yeah. I mean, I had a, a solid week. Uh, I was talking to you earlier. There was a couple of leagues where really close leagues like in our Top money league, I lost by about point uh, four, and then I beat you in our big one, which is how many? Twenty four. Uh, yep. Twenty four teams. Yep. By point eight. So some really close ones. one either way. I am. I'm hopeful. I think I said last week of maybe half a dozen playoffs, which should be, which should be nice. What I've looked at this week
1: for a little intro to the show is some interesting stats on pre waiver action from the NFL Fantasy site. So we use Sleeper for all of our leagues. And this is the time where you're looking at your waiver wires. You look at the players that are trending up and down at the moment. That's obviously based on the number of clicks to potentially claim or potentially drop players on the waiver wire. And what the NFL fantasy site do is they actually just publish those numbers of the number of potential ads and number of drops.
0: Oh, so sleeper, it's more a trend thing, like who's yeah. looking at that player. They just show the
1: up and down and who is... I think it's based on the same numbers. They just don't publish the actual numbers. Right. What I found really interesting, though, is the most dropped players. I'm going to go through in reverse order the top five. Daniel Jones, Yeah, obviously. obviously. Uh, Josh Downs, I think a little bit ruthless. A bit harsh.
0: I mean, I haven't read much about his injury, but uh, unless it's a serious one, and I've missed that. Darrell Henderson, I think that's very much a response to the Rams in general, isn't it? I mean, the Rams looked so bad, didn't they?
1: Cam Akers, we'll talk about Cam Akers uh, shortly, but once again, understandable with him being out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Number one is the epitome of just how fickle the fantasy Mm -hmm. community are. Last week's most added player was Will Levis, already projected to be the most dropped player this week after one all right game. He looked good on the eye, not good fantasy points-wise. Will
0: Levis is due to be dropped in more leagues than any other player. I mean, the only explanation I can give for that is that so many people added him and maybe quite a lot of people have thought, "Oh, I don't actually need him," or uh, "I actually yeah. just got carried away because." But or, as you say, there's just too many fickle people out there. Because yeah, you're right. He looked good, but didn't didn't have the same sort of points total as he did the previous week.
1: If you got a bona fide QB one and you maybe picked him up because you wanted to put a waiver claim in, then yeah, you're never going to play him over a Mahomes, a Jackson, a Hurts, etc.
0: Yeah. So maybe maybe it was. By we, I don't know, it's bizarre, but the, 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 there must be some sort of explanation to it. The most added players projected to be, fifth, Jake Ferguson. We'll talk about him later. In fact, we'll
1: talk about all of these players later. Tank Dell, CJ Stroud, Josh Dobbs, and the new man in Baltimore, Keaton Mitchell. We might talk about him in more depth later on as well. Little spoiler alert for you. But, Edward, are you ready to get into what I am now billing as the greatest feature in any fancy football podcast in the UK, nay,
0: in the world. Wow, uh, is that is that are these your words or? Oh, they are my words, oh, okay. and I am
1: one for hyperbole. <laughs> Never.
0: So go on then. Without further ado, let's get stuck into fantasy heroes. First up, the seventh best fantasy score in Week Nine belonged to the Indianapolis Colts defense. Two defensive touchdowns helped them to a mammoth 27 points. Rashad White showed serious fight as he had a career game against the Texans with his third straight week as an RB1. The first kicker to become a hero. Youngway Koo has hit double figures for the last 3 weeks, which culminated in a 19-point haul in week 9. Keita Mitchell had a huge impact when Edwards was rested, scoring both the Raven 20.4. And finally, a hero's first, the whole Texans passing offense led by a dominant CJ Stroud.
1: That's right, his 470 passing yards and five touchdowns led to Tank Dell, Noah Brown, and Dalton Schultz all scoring 25 plus points, mostly on people's benches. And we'll get more into the bench implications of those scores shortly, but would you like some negativity, Edward?
0: I think it's probably my more favourite bit. Fantasy Zeros Travis Kelsey hatte in Frankfurt ein sehr ruhiger Spieler mit einer Drei Fangen für Wir sehen Yards. It was oh no for Gino as he had a horror of a week. Completion percentage below 50% as he hit the brick wall that is the Ravens' defence.
1: Chris Godwin looked on the brink of a tamper tantrum as he only married
0: two receptions for 16 yards against Houston. Kenneth Walker, nine rush attempts for just 16 yards was a sign of the Seattle offense's struggles. DJ needed more targets to be
1: fancy relevant this week with 49 points against Washington, a distant memory. The Atlanta offence
0: clicked, but Bijan struggled. Just 11 carries for the second consecutive week as Algier ate into his workload. Could I please draw attention to my little bit of German in there, Edward? I have no idea what it meant, but I, I assume it meant that Kelsey was rubbish. <laughs> uh, answers on a postcard, Herr Polter. So sticking with that Germany game, I think
1: it was one where it wasn't as high-octane as we'd maybe hoped. I was hoping for like a 44-40 sort of yeah. game. But the occasion was a massive one. To have a game of that calibre outside of America, as you said, was a big deal. Little bit anticlimactic that it all ended on that, uh, that fumbled snap.
0: Yeah, I think it was, it was a solid game. It was a good game in the sense that it went one way. It looked like it was going to be a washout and then it came back. Uh, but yeah, to see all those superstars in, in, in a European country was phenomenal. Travis Kelsey had his worst game since
1: week one, 2018. A long time. Are we worried? Uh, no. no. I think I, I might be, he
0: might be all right, I reckon. No, I thought it was fascinating with the, that first drive of the Chiefs, the, the amount of targets that he's got and the confidence that, that Mahomes has got in them. I think uh, you know, they managed to do it without Kelsey really performing.
1: I think he's the sort of player you can absolutely forgive without hesitation a down week because he's
0: won people enough weeks. The Texans, discuss. I don't really know where to start. It was just one of those baffling games. I mean, the Texans are not going to put up those points or or have those scores every week. I certainly hope they don't do it this week against <laughs> the Bengals. But yeah, it was just a fascinating game. And Stroud, I think if if we weren't already convinced, he is certainly a future superstar, isn't he? Um, and don't know if I dare say this around you, but did you feel a little bit sorry for Baker Mayfield? He looked really no. he looked really <laughs> sad on the sideline. I it was really sad. I don't
1: think I could create a better situation than Baker Mayfield leading an offence to that many points for nothing.
0: Oh, I just felt I mean perfect. I think I think maybe over time my opinions towards Baker have, have mellowed, especially as he's been replaced by Deshaun Watson that I kind of, I just felt, you just looked on the side, you thought, I thought I'd done really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I listened back over the weekend to a couple of our pre-draft shows that we did, especially our QB show. And in that, we spoke about how CJ Stroud's closest comparison of an NFL player is that he is Mahomes-esque in the way he goes about. His business. And we were very, very clear. We weren't saying he was Patrick Mahomes, but... Those sorts of numbers, that sort of commanding presence on a drive is what we've come to expect from Patrick Mahomes. And if that becomes a staple of CJ Stroud's repertoire, rather than one-off, it is one game, but he has been good previously this season on a regular basis potentially, like you say, he could well, potentially be a superstar.
0: I think that final drive, you just thought, well, obviously he's going to make all the passes and obviously yeah. they're going to get the touchdown. There, there was never any doubt in my mind that he was going to do that. It's the
1: idea of momentum and a hot hand, isn't it? And he seemed to have that. I'm very happy because last week we got a trade-over line in Dynasty League where I sent you Justin Herbert for CJ Stroud in a first. I wasn't quite sure whether I'd maybe I'd kind of misjudged that a little bit, but I'm very happy with that now.
0: And I was, I mean, I had, it's, it's not a super flex, it's just a one quarterback league, and I had Jalen Hurts. Yep. And I, I thought, well, Jalen Hurts is going to be on my quarterback for a number of years there. Stroud, I need to cash in while he's hot. Maybe if I'd wait, waited another week, I'd I might have been paying be, more <laughs> this pay week. more this week, but I was quite happy with that.
1: CJ Stroud rostered in 77% of leagues. Still don't get that we've been saying for the last few weeks, he's under-rostered.
0: Well, it'll be, surely it's going to be 90-odd after this week.
1: Only started in 46% of leagues, and his 470 yards is a rookie record and is also the highest ever fantasy game for a rookie quarterback since records that I could find began. Wow. Um, I will temper that with records that I could find. <laughs> it was referenced on two other podcasts, so I feel I'm safe on that, re-quoting that. Dalton Schultz, 7% rostered, 42% started. Tank Dell, 61% rostered, 25% started. Noah Brown, 4% rostered, 2% started. I looked at Noah Brown in a couple of places on Sunday when it's obviously like your free waivers and fridge, you pick up, and I thought, "Mm, I don't know, I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks, no, I'm not sure, I feel silly now, Yeah, well, Um, but once again, it's one game.
0: Yeah, I don't think, you know, just a a little health warning, uh, we always like to give, the Texans will not put up points like that every week, it was a freak week, and I'm sure they'll build some momentum as a result of it, but... They arguably come up against a strong defense this week in uh, in the Bengals, but and it will be where interesting. you've
1: drafted them, you don't need players to put those numbers. Do you? Just no, not at all. Anything like that, or on its way to that, will be exceptional value. Josh Dobbs, solid debut considering he had zero practice minutes, and after we told he wouldn't play, we spoke about this in our TH Fantasy Football group chat when I said I wasn't buying that he would have no involvement. Obviously, the involvement came through injury. But he was clearly ready to go if needed, wasn't well,
0: he? Well, you say he was ready, but I don't think he was. I mean, the, the, the way they've talked about this week, he, he didn't know some of the names yeah. of, of the players around him. And that was almost, that performance was almost more staggering than, than what happens with the Texans and the book, Because it was just, it was just absolutely bizarre how he was managing to make these plays. And he thought he hasn't got a chance. He doesn't even, what was he saying in the huddle? It, it, I, what, he couldn't have been naming plays because you no. didn't know any of them.
1: I can only assume it was a lot of stuff based on trajectories due to his background in legitimate rocket science, <laughs> yeah. apparently. You hear him speak after the game, though, and he's clearly a very intelligent player, mm. both football intelligence and just real world intelligence. And we've spoken before that intelligent quarterbacks do seem to adjust far better than players who may struggle with the way they read the game and Mm. things like that. There's been lots of quotes about that's why people like Ryan Fitzpatrick had the career he had. No, he wasn't technically the most gifted, but he was a really intelligent guy and could kind of bridge that gap a little bit with how he read the game. Tua continues to be inconsistent, really, when you look at his fancy figures. And for my money, he's slipping out of the MVP conversation.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I've not thought about MVP recently. Obviously, Mahomes is up there. I think Jackson's in that conversation. Jalen Hurts. Um, who am I missing? AJ Brown.
1: Yeah, he won't go to... He won't record. go to a wide receiver, but I think he's in the conversation. We've said this a few times, haven't we? Players? Well, you've got that to say Tyreek Hill as well, haven't you? won't get it, but are in the conversation. And he should be, shouldn't he? Well, both of them, like you say. Can I please spend a minute or two talking about the Ravens' offence? Thank you very much, Ed. I appreciate that. Before well, you have yeah, to I'll, say no. I'll, I'll, I'll pop to the loo. They were methodical, again, I thought, this week. What I found really interesting, on Sunday afternoon, I was listening to um, Move the Sticks podcast, and Daniel Jeremiah was talking about how the Ravens play bully ball on defence. And he also said how they tend to come out predominantly on top against teams that play in the same way. He names the Browns, who the Ravens beat 28-3. The Steelers, and obviously the Steelers won that game, but with three drop touchdown passes, the Ravens should have dominated. That was one of those games where ridiculous things led to the defeat the lions 38 and 6 and he predicted that this wouldn't be close because of how the ravens enjoy going up against those bully type defenses and that's what we saw wasn't it the
0: the, the ravens defense is is the strongest defense in football at the moment i think uh, it's up there with the browns uh, it's got when you look at the browns for example they've got miles garrett who's a phenomenon an absolute freak of nature but the ravens in all facets uh, of the defensive game uh, I think they're really strong, and they've got those weapons on offense. Now they're a really, they're a complete side at the moment. I think with the with the Ravens, it's going to come down to mentality and in the yep. mind, because I think they they you know they've had some issues in the past playoffs, and you know Jackson's got to take them down the stretch. I would put them as the Ravens top two or three at the moment. Yeah, but, I'd agree. But I, I'd say um I, I was really up on the 49ers a few weeks ago and it doesn't take much to knock that You confidence. don't want to play
1: your best football in November. No,
0: exactly. But yeah, I, you know, I can't take that away from the Ravens. They are looking very strong.
1: And I think the the strongest factor for that is there are players that are additional players. It's not just Roquan Smith. That's doing all the work. Oh no! The fact, you got- that Justin Madabiquay is becoming a well-known name. Who I doubt many non-Ravens fans had heard of him. Yeah. Gino Stone, people would have thought you mispronounced. Patrick Gino Queen's Smith. arguably been yeah. the best player on defense. Patrick Queen is phenomenal with Roquan Smith. He is, Roquan Smith has helped Patrick Queen's game so much. Alongside that, Lamar. Once again, not a great week for fantasy, but a got great f- a great week from a football perspective to Mitchell we'll talk about in a bit. OBJ, he got his
0: touchdown. He, he did a lovely little dance.
1: And there was a really interesting quote he had during last week where he was talking about how he feels about not getting as much of the ball and he said that I don't come here to get a thousand, another 1,000-yard thousand season. There's eight or nine players that want the
0: ball in that locker room and we d- happy when they get he it. He didn't say, If he said that, he's lying. Oh, like, I don't, I don't I think don't really for a second mean, yeah. he
1: wouldn't genuinely mean it and he wants the ball. I imagine but every a,
0: week. Lamar, please throw me the ball It's more. a
1: different OBJ to think to say those yeah, words maybe, to the press, maybe. though. Gus Edwards only had five carries, but two of those were touchdowns and one was 42 yards. Efficient is the word we can use there. Taysom Hill, moving on, continues to be relevant and had the first time having four fancy relevant weeks in a row since 2020. That time he was converted to a QB on all platforms because he was regarded as cheating to play him at tight end. No discussion around that this time round. He's, he's kind of playing every. Position. He's trying to do everything, isn't he? He's just taking points from yeah. every facet of the game. I mean, we've talked about Ruston. him
0: being inconsistent, but you're right. I mean, over the last four weeks, he's put up decent points, so maybe he isn't inconsistent. Jordan Love
1: was horrific in the first half, then pretty good in the second half. His stat lines definitely make him look better than he's actually playing. I don't know whether he's someone I would want to gamble on in real-world football or fantasy football at the moment, but he's still time will tell with him, I think. I think he's at least next season to try to prove things. I might have to give up on Cupwatch.
0: Yeah. It, <laughs> it, <laughs> you referenced
1: it last uh, week.
0: <laughs> Cupwatch, he's not... What, what did he get this week? I can't even remember. Uh,
1: 6.8 points. Yeah, he's
0: not going to make that top ten. I was 10. so
1: confident Cupwatch could be an actual thing.
0: No, he's, um, he's died to death.
1: Turns out that the Rams' offence are very dependent on Matthew Stafford's fitness. Who'd have thought that? Ripien isn't a great, uh, great quarterback as well. Who'd no, have thought that? no. Dak Prescott and CD Lamb over the next four weeks have the Giants, the Panthers, Commanders, and Seahawks. Ooh, nice. Dak was only starting in 65% of leagues this week. Pay attention, people. Like, I don't understand. Dak and C.D. Lamb have been obviously on this trajectory, I think, for the last few weeks. I have no idea why he wasn't starting 35% of leagues where he was rostered. And their run, I mean their plug and play for the foreseeable future. It, I've used them this week in our DFS lineup. I don't think they will be affordable as a stack in DFS for the foreseeable future, probably. Tony Pollard also for the Cowboys. He's not what people had hoped for, but also has that same promising schedule. The Cowboys should be running the ball a lot in those games. You would expect those games will be close to done in the first half. You would hope volume would get Pollard over the line. I'm glad that I was out on him as an early running back pick, though, during draft season. No particular reason other than I just thought it was a little bit rich of a price when we'd not mm. seen lead the backfield. We spoke about Pollard a lot, didn't we, in the preseason? Um, I'm not saying I'm right because he's had some big games still as well, but I just I don't know. Maybe no, he's just not quite what...
0: gone off in the way that a lot of people thought he would no. go off. Joe Mixon
1: has been solid since the bye, which also coincides to uh, the time we said make him a sick candidate. Yes. He's been very good yeah. since then. Back-to-back touchdown games for his first time since week 13, 2021. He's looking good. He's looking involved, isn't he? Well, he
0: looked... I mean, particularly against the 49ers, he looked absolutely electric. He looked like old Joe Mixon. So, uh, they're getting him more involved in the game. And so, you know, I think for the foreseeable, I'd stick with Mixon. He's
1: back to being an important player and important offence, isn't he?
0: Definitely. T.
1: Higgins week rather than Chase week this week. Drew Sample and Irv Smith got
0: touchdowns. Yeah, it was... It was it, it was good to see actually that the over reliance on chase uh, had had worried me a little bit, but there are other weapons on that offense, and I was pleased for Irv Smith. I mean, he's had a bit of a torrid time at the Bengals, and and he you know a couple of great catches on that touchdown drive. Um, yeah, and T Higgins probably his first really fancy relevant week of the season. He's he been looked very, really good as well. He looked excellent. Yeah,
1: Josh Allen is up to ten interceptions this season. Mm. I think we were saying the exact same thing about the exact same time last season as well. They continue to be a common part of his game. Only four teams have more interceptions. Fourth of the Chiefs. I think Mahomes are more wide receiver related though, to be honest. And then first, third, Raiders, Bears and Browns, as expected with a revolving cast, I think. Yeah. He gets by with it, but that's my one question mark over the Bills when it gets to playoffs, it gets to the big games. Could he end up being the reason they've got there, but also costing those opportunities with that security. I can't remember
0: who I saw what, what show it was this week. I saw a clip on it. You know the choice between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, and I can't remember who the pundit was. They basically said absolutely no question. I choose Josh Allen every time. Uh, and the reasons he gave. I mean, I can understand you preferring Josh Allen, but mm. to say they're not in the same ballpark is just bizarre. Yeah, I think completely. you know, and that is my when it comes to Josh Allen. It's that big game mentality. Whether he's he's up to it.
1: Chris Alave will hopefully hit his positive touchdown regression, put him in wide receiver one conversation each week moving forward. He had his first kind of good week with a touchdown, I think, this week. Still, the drops and the missed catches seem to be plaguing us a bit. Hopefully, that will iron out with a bit of confidence. Next question, and this is to
0: Arthur Smith. Hmm.
1: Can we please have Bijan Robinson as advertised, please? We've
0: only really had about three weeks of top-tier Bijan, haven't we?
1: I've heard it spoken about in a few places, but it's almost like Arthur Smith has a pet hate for fantasy football <laughs> and he wants to ruin it for people. On a goal-line carry, guaranteed six points for Bijan Robinson. Perfect. That makes him worthwhile putting on my roster.
0: Oh, well, no, let's go for the old uh, jet sweep to Johnu Smith. Don't use Kyle Pitts either. Bijan's snap percentage, I think I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, isn't massively high. And Algier is eating into his, his workload. So... It's odd why you wouldn't make use of such a phenomenal athlete.
1: Is this the same conversation we've had, though, about Drake London being used at the Falcons, Kyle Pitts being mm. used at the Falcons? Is it just that the Falcons aren't using their players properly? I mean, Arthur Smith surely is doing enough to get binned off at some point soon. He's just got quite an annoying face. I think he's my second least favourite head coach in the league at the moment. Who's it, my least favourite? Um Oh, I don't, Should I know this? Oh, definitely. Mike Vrabel. Oh, Mike Vrabel. hate <laughs> the guy. <laughs> oh, sorry, Titans, obviously. <laughs> Has the Moss-Taylor transition happened? I think so. Yeah, I we referenced it last week. He wouldn't drop Zach there. Moss at all. No, uh, however, if you want to trade him away to someone that's still hiring him, now is probably your last week to do so. A down week for the grandfather of football, Adam Thielen. I don't think we need to panic yet, though. His no, it's Numbers just, it's this because, week are be- what we'd expect him to get every single week preseason. Yeah, yeah it's because I
0: put him on my DFS lineup. <laughs> <There we laughs> that, that. That's, what that's what the exact reason. It's <laughs> yeah. a,
1: a little case of uh, Ed's touch of death <laughs> yes. on there. Josh Jacobs had his best rushing game of the season. He benefited from the changing of the guard. Do you know how many targets he got, though, in the receiving game? Uh, seven. Zero. Oh. And that was the one thing I was really hoping. That's why I'd put him in my DFS lineup this week, because last time he was playing with Aidan O'Connell, he got a. Job load of targets and nothing this week. Once again, I'm not panicking. I think that'll probably even itself out over the next few weeks. Looking forward to week ten though. Bye weeks. Big week of bye weeks for fantasy football this week. Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, and Rams. Wow. A big week until we say
0: the, the Rams. Yeah.
1: Thursday night football, Bears and Panthers. Move those players out
0: of your flex spot or out of your lineups. <laughs> I was say, there's not going to be many players that are no. moving. <laughs> probably
1: out of your lineups, to be honest. Yeah. But we shall talk about a couple of their players later. Injury report. I'm going to get old Malcolm on the blower to get us an injury report. Sound drop sorted. Daniel Jones, ACL injury and out for the season. And he was just about to turn it around and become a top oh, was quarterback, 100%. Tommy DeVito is taking charge. Tommy DeVito, uh, not the lead guitarist of the Four Seasons, uh, or Danny DeVito's son.
0: son. I, 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 no, he is many... in my head. He looks a bit like him. No, uh,
1: he's taking charge as Tara Taylor is also out on IR. Dallas Goddard has fractured his forearm, so four weeks out, likely to on the IR. I mean, in a very selfish and kind of non empathetical way, that helps my Devonta Smith shares. I'm hoping. KJ Osborne concussion as he left the game, so we want to watch going into Week Ten. Jaron Hall concussion led to Josh Dobbs joining the game. He was I only ever
0: going to be one week anyway, wasn't he? I think
1: that's confirmed now. Yeah. If he'd had a blinding game, maybe a conversation would have happened, but that's done now. Josh Downs could miss Week Ten after aggravating an injury with reaggravation of injuries. Who knows whether it will be rushed back or not? Christian Watson back uh, with an injury, a back injury and concussion. He can't seem to catch a break at the minute. I imagine if he does catch a break, it will be of a, an important bone, probably with his look. Josh Palmer, knee injury sends him to the IR. And Cam Akers, genuinely, probably the saddest story out of the weekend. It's probably the saddest story alongside Nick Chubb. His Achilles is the opposite Achilles to his last injury, oh which, from what I've been reading, and I don't understand the medical science behind this whatsoever, but I've seen several sources saying potentially. That's his career. Oh, I hope not. Um, running back to an Achilles injuries is bad enough anyway to have two injured Achilles. I don't know. He's, I mean, he's someone we've spoken negatively about on the podcast numerous times, but I can't imagine how soul-destroying that is to have your career in
0: jeopardy because of a freak injury. Yeah, he's, he's been really unlucky with injuries. Um, I'd also add Jamar Chase to that list. He's got a back injury. He played with a back injury.
1: Is that... A- because uh, Joe Burrow got his back up because he didn't target him enough. M- maybe. maybe, 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 maybe. maybe. Keep, but he So to he chases
0: one to watch keep, as well. Keep an eye on him this week. He might not play week 10.
1: Not quite the lengthy list, but a couple of big injuries on there as well. And as always, fantasy football is irrelevant when it comes to the careers of these stellar athletes. But that is what we're here to talk about. So please bear that in mind with your waiver pickups this week. Shall we get into our main meat of the show though, Ed?
0: Yes, let's do it.
1: Seeds of the Week. What I've looked at this week, moving away from GVOA for a week, I'm looking at the fewest fancy points against and the most fancy points against at each position. So I'm not giving kind of main picks, I'm kind of having a look at a general list of good starts and good sits this week. For the sits, though, the fewest points against fancy running backs, the Eagles, but they're on their bye. Second fewest, the Lions. They've got the Chargers. You start in Eckler anyway. No value from Kelly this week. Books have got the Titans. Obviously, you're going to start Derrick Henry anyway. Spears, unlikely to give value. Potentially, how your team's been impacted with running back injuries, you may need to start him in a flex spot. Fewest fancy points against wide receivers. I checked this three times.
0: The Jets. Hey? Yeah. Really? (laughs)
1: Yeah. They've just given up points to everyone else. They think of the number of low-scoring games they've been involved in. Yeah,
0: they've not been a good team to watch.
1: They've got the Raiders. You're starting Adams anyway in the... Desperate hope that he gets back to some sort of form. Surely he bounces back soon. Well, we said that last week. I know, uh, we'll keep <laughs> yeah, saying that again. Yeah. Myers is a risky flex option this week,
0: but one that you might want to take. Is that maybe down to source as well? I mean, is it, is it his influence there?
1: Possibly. That's not something I don't think I've looked at close enough. Mm. But yeah, maybe. Second, Browns. They've got the Ravens. I'm Probably You know that this is a genuine comment when I say anything it's about the Ravens. Probably bench all Ravens wide receivers. They're too unpredictable. One of them will have a flex-worthy game. I have no idea who it will be. Fair point. Uh, it's probably Rashad Bateman's turn, yes. which you'll probably yeah. mean it'll be Nelson Aguilar.
0: Yeah.
1: Cowboys then have the Giants bench all Giants, not called Saquon Barkley until further notice.
0: Who was it who did well for me? Wondell Robinson in the big one against you got me some yeah, decent points right. this week. Yeah. I I'd be very, very cautious about starting anyone, though, this
1: week against the Cowboys. Tight ends, the Browns are the best defense against tight ends. You start in Mark Andrews anyway. The Titans, second best defense against tight ends. Probably don't chase the big points that Cade Otten got this week. It won't be the back and forth we saw against the Texans, so I wouldn't expect a repeat of that. And then third, the Giants are the third best defense against the tight end. However, I'm probably still going to start Jake Ferguson. He's someone that I managed to pick up on waivers and drafted in a couple of places as well, and he's really repaid that well. We've seen year after year after year, the Cowboys get production out of a tight end. It's just often a different tight end. Ferguson looks to have the keys to that at the moment. Giants are in a very different place now as well, but teams won't, probably won't need to pass on them that much either. So I'd imagine you
0: targeting running backs against the Giants for the foreseeable. Who are you sitting? So I'm going back to Cleveland and I'm going looking at Deshaun Watson. Um, he's still not right after his injury, I think we'd say. And he's only played four full games this season. Uh, he looked good against the Cardinals this week. But he's going to the Ravens. And I think at the moment, I just don't, and it's at the Ravens, I just going into there and performing, I just can't see it happening. He's up against, as I said earlier, arguably the best defence in the league right now. And he's going to get very little change against the Ravens. So if you've got Deshaun Watson, don't expect any sort of points from this week. And if you've got another option, I'd be considering it, to be honest.
1: So the Ravens are the best defence against fancy quarterbacks. I'm really, really hoping to see a relentless attack from Madhavikwe, from Queen, from Smith, from Owe. I'd love double figures of QB hits in this game. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to that. Second best against quarterbacks, though, are the Browns. Now, um, Lamar Jackson, you're not going to sit if you've drafted him. No, of course not. But. He's so up and down, and you get as many disappointing weeks as you do great weeks of fantasy. I just don't know how... What, I think he ended up with about eight-ish points last week. I don't even know how that's possible. It's just, I think, just pure running game from Gus Edwards and Keita Mitchell yeah. got all the yards. And I think that's the maturity for Jackson. He's, he's not doing as much of the running. It's more the design runs. He's not needing to do as much of those impromptu runs because the offence is geared up better for him to pass now. You're going to have to take the smooth with the rough, though, I think, with Lamar. And then the third best defence against fancy quarterbacks are the Bills, who have the Broncos. Definitely sit Russell Wilson. However, he's QB 15 on the season. He's had a few decent weeks. I don't think this week will be one of them. But the way the Bills are playing they could potentially
0: make anyone look good any given moment no they're what they up to now four defeats are they five and four now the bills and you wouldn't have thought that at no one definitely stage. not right before we move on let's have a little break head over to malcolm fantasy football is all about collecting the best roster of players so why not assemble your roster at home with some help from state stateside sports with over 30 sports trading card products in stock right now Stateside Sports is the best place to grab the latest releases in sports trading cards. Collect autographs of your favorite stars, rookie cards of the hottest prospects, and rare super short print cards to make your collection as unique as your fantasy team. Start your search the best way possible. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now. Starts
1: of the Week. So, most fancy points against them. Running back to the Broncos, they've got the Bills. Um, Maybe start James Cook, but I don't think you can expect a stellar performance. The Bills' rushing game is a constant
0: source of fancy frustration.
1: If desperate, maybe put in um, Lenny, Lenny Fournette as well, coming in. He's still, he should... he
0: still on a practice squad, he hasn't been activated. No, yet, is has he not? He? No, I don't think he's been activated uh, yet. James
1: Cookie should be able to say you're confident of a big game, but it just doesn't seem to happen regularly. This week, if any week, they should do. Panthers have the Bears. Maybe Roshan Johnson as a flex once again. I don't feel our matchups for running backs in the really favourite positions are what we would like them to be. Cardinals have got the Falcons. Dear Arthur Smith, please let Bijan Robertson have a good game. To all of our listeners, start Tyler Algier because clearly you have a dog. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, in the game. Algier's a
0: decent shout at the moment.
1: Eagles are giving up the most points to fancy wide receivers. This is why I thought I got the Jets and the Eagles the wrong way round on the best and worst, but they're on their bye, so no need to fear. Second most fancy points against are the Bucks. They've got the Titans, so starting Hopkins, definitely, especially after a down week against the Steelers, you'd expect him to have a big week to bounce back. Third, the Chargers have got the Lions. Big game on the horizon for St. Brown. Josh Reynolds may have solid flex value too. Tight ends, the Bears are the worst against fancy tight ends. They've got the Panthers. Hayden Hurst I'd maybe a cheap DFS play.
0: Bears Panthers Thursday night football. They must, they must have desperately. Is there any way we can change that? Yeah, is if that they were doing thing? the flexing out, <laughs> yeah, they would be, be looking Flexing for this, that right they? out, yeah. Second worst against tight ends, the Texans. So Smith or Sample? No, ne- neither, to be honest. I don't think you can trust either tight end. But, I mean, you've also got to throw Tanner Hudson into the yep. mix as well. So, if you're going to go with the tight end...
1: One of them will get you 10 points, uh, but who?
0: Possibly. I don't know who. Yeah.
1: Third, Broncos have got the Bills. Dalton Kincaid is locked and loaded, and he also has the Jets next week. Who are the worst against tight ends adjusted for strength of schedule? Mm-hmm. So, he's got a pretty good couple of weeks. I think he'll only increase his stock value. If you have plans to try to trade for Dalton Kincaid... This is probably your last possible week, and even then it's going to cost you. QBs, worst defense against Fantasy QBs, the Chargers. Goff should make it four games in a row with 270 yards and should be a top 10 QB again this week. Second, Commander's got the Seahawks. Gino has an opportunity for bounce back game. He's got to do it soon. He's been disappointing for fantasy apart from weeks two and three. You'd expect him to have a reasonable return this week, though. And then the Eagles, again, they're appearing, appearing everywhere. The Eagles are on their bye, so no need to worry. Who are you looking at for your starts of the weekend?
0: Uh, well, I'll just mention last week that I, I recommended Rashad White. So, I can just uh, Give myself a pat on the back. I also recommended Deontay Johnson uh, for Thursday Night Football when you heard it yes. on Saturday, so <laughs> I can only apologise for that. This week, I'm looking at Chubba Hubbard. It's Chubba Hubbard, isn't it? Or is it Chubba Hubbard? I don't know. I always I say Chubber. I, I say, say Chubber because it sounds better. Chubber Hubbard. Chubber Hubbard, but yeah. I've heard it Chubber Hubbard, and I don't like that. Willie so, Mellon. Yeah, Chubber Hubbard. Um, I mean, he's, he's been ordained as hot hands in Carolina, uh, as he's usurped your best friend Miles Sanders as RB1. He's averaged 15 or more touches the last three weeks, and he's definitely worth the flex spot as he comes up, as we've discussed, against the Bears' defence, who are very much flattered to deceive. And they've had a particularly poor couple of weeks of the Bears' defence. So, so, I think if you've got Chubber Hubbard lurking on a bench, I think you should maybe plug him in and play him this week.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. someone I've targeted in DFS for the last couple of weeks. I think that real good value is probably going to dwindle a little bit from him as far as his cost goes. He's made the most of Sanders not having a phenomenal
0: season, hasn't he? Very much so. Fire from the wide. Right, so I think the biggest name, or, or the most popular name on the wave wire this week is probably going to be Keaton Mitchell at the Ravens. Obviously, the, oh. sorry, against
1: the mighty Ravens. Yeah, I'll never say I'm that. I've said it for a couple of <laughs> yeah, weeks. I'll never say that.
0: So, uh, yeah, Keaton Mitchell. So the rumours um, appear to have come to fruition. So there was so much talk about him pre-season. You were very high on him. You talked about him in some of the podcasts, yep. uh, the pre-season podcasts. Uh, and, and I th- you know, he's undoubtedly a talented back, but... I would, there'd be a note of caution. I mean, his points did come in garbage time. And he's, I I don't know, you might disagree with me. You're you're more obviously knowledgeable in this area. I wonder whether he's still going to be behind Edwards and Hill in terms of touches in the backfield. And bear in mind this week, he's also going to be up against a certain Mr. Garrett. So bear that in mind. He's only rostered in 3% of the leagues, but what do you think? I mean, as our resident Ravens expert, Mark, what are your thoughts on Keaton Mitchell and as a pickup, rather than somebody who you love as being a Ravens player? Ravens friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, it is only one game, and it was after Edwards had exited the game after getting the job done. He had nine carries to Edwards's five. Edwards was averaging 10.4 yards per carry. Justice Hill had 13 carries, so it was the clear lead back over the game. 3.08 yards per carry. I said this would be the case for Sil because I've had years of getting excited and not working out. 15.3 yards per carry for Keaton Mitchell. You're right, we don't know if this will be a flash in the pan or a sign of things to come, but my argument for picking him up is who else are you going to spend your fab on at this stage of the season True. if you've got a good chunk left? The fact that he's broken through in one game at this stage and is available so widely is a bit of an anomaly as it is. So I think he's definitely worth picking up. But I wouldn't confidently start him. Certainly not against the Browns. I think Edwards is still going to be the goal back. Edwards is still going to be taking the, when you really need to trust someone because he's earned that trust. Keaton Mitchell, though, I think if he is available in your dynasty, dynasty league. I was going to say dynasty pickups. Yeah. so. He's currently rostered in 55% of dynasty leagues. Just to save you looking, Ed, in our dynasty leagues we're in together, he is rostered in 100% of leagues. Oh, yeah. oh, no, I need to open. <laughs> well, you
0: saved me a bit of a job to, he tonight.
1: Was, um, so he's someone I picked up in my with my last rookie pick in most drafts to put in the taxi squad. The only place I didn't get him is in one of our leagues where we have a fellow Ravens fan who picked him the pick before me. A little, I say inside knowledge it's not inside knowledge you always when you get into that stage you tend to pick a player you know and you've heard of and you tend to go with your heart on those last minute dart throws don't you I'm You're amazed you haven't mentioned
0: my, uh, my, my I'm amazed you haven't mentioned Chase Brown yet oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for you to edit that in point, yeah. where did uh, Keita Mitchell rank against <laughs> Chase Brown
1: because Chase Brown was going off as a top five fantasy running back Genuinely, yeah. I might
0: go back and find I thought you would do. I'm amazed you haven't already.
1: But that's what you do when you when you don't recognise many of the players. And by the fourth round, I'd like to think after our research this season, we felt that oh, like yeah. we knew what we were doing but, much but, but more. But you get into the late in then. fourth means. round, I'm going like, yeah, I'm well, gonna... I'd like you to, sure <laughs> to do well. Let's roster him so it looks like I know what I was talking about.
0: Yeah, back to you then. Yeah, I'll rattle through another few potential candidates on the waiver wire. Josh Dobbs, we've talked about. I would say handle with care. I mean, obviously, he was inspirational against the Falcons, uh, where, where he probably warmed many benches. But he, he's QB9, so he might be worth considering, especially if your quarterback is down, like Danny Dimes, and he's only rostered in 20% of leagues. Noah Brown. Now, he almost doubled his season total in Week 9 in the game of the season against the Books. He was 100% receiving, 6 of 6. He's definite flex consideration, I'd say Noah Brown, but don't expect him to be a difference maker. Uh, he's rostered in 4% of leagues. Quentin Johnson, it feels <laughs> like we always talk about him. but Johnston. Johnston, sorry, Johnston. We, we've got to mention him again. Josh Palmer sidelined with a knee injury, so you've got to consider that Johnston is, John is going to have an increase in his workload. He's been very quiet but his snap percentage is on the rise, so you know with Herbert at quarterback, you've got to you've got to expect him to get something going. You've got to expect him to get the chances. But I'd say he's still a risky pickup. There are better options out there, even though he's rostered in fifty-one percent of leagues, and I imagine most uh, dynasty leagues. Couple of other names to mention: Tommy DeVito. Leave him alone. He's against <laughs> the Cowboys, and at most he'll get you ten points. Cade Otten, we've referenced earlier. Don't get carried away with Cade Otten. It was a bit of a freak week in fantasy for him this week. Uh, and it, I don't think he's going to get two touchdowns every week. Finally, we're going to mention him. Dangerous, Baker Mayfield. We're going to mention him again. Too dangerous. Uh, is he worth considering? He's currently QB 16 overall, which surprised me. Uh, and the last three weeks, he's been QB 11, QB 10 and QB 7. So he's put in a few decent weeks. He's not throwing picks, lots of volume, and he's got some reliable receivers. So he might be somebody who's available if you're having quarterback problems.
1: As much as I dislike him, you're exactly right. He's someone in one league that, I mean, at the time of draft season, where I'm drafting about three or four leagues, I'd lost track in one draft I was in, forgetting it was a super flex best ball, and realised I'd got to about the eighth round, and there was hardly anyone left for quarterbacks, and I was left with Dangerous. Um, is my second QB, it's worked out all right because he is actually putting some decent numbers up. So yeah, certainly you can't dismiss him. However, public service announcement, CJ Stroud still available in 23% of leagues. That's that threshold that we know we're not going to find him. But if you're in a more casual league, you could pick him up. You should have already picked him up. We've mentioned it every week now. (laughs) But yeah, he's definitely worth looking at. Kyler Murray set to return this week, currently only rostered in 61% of leagues. I have no idea why he's not rostered on IR spots across every single league. I know he's in pretty much all of our leagues. I think
0: I've got him on IR in two leagues, yeah.
1: So with QB injuries, I thought both those would be higher. I'm assuming they absolutely will be by the time waivers pass tomorrow morning. Right, now it's time to educate our listeners. Fantasy basics. So this is a quite a quick one this week. Trade deadlines. Trade deadlines for most leagues are in week 11. Now, you and Tom mentioned this last week about make sure you're getting those trades done. Dynasty especially. At our dynasty leagues, we don't tend to operate trade deadlines because we know who we're playing with. We know we can trust there's you no know, collusion that going on. But if you are looking to make a playoff push or you are looking to try to give yourself the chance at that championship, this is where it's worth looking at. The players on your bench, if you are too heavy at wide receiver, too heavy or running back, don't worry about helping out someone else. Focus on your team. If you've got too many wide receivers, someone have got too many running backs, see if you can get a deal done to sort your own team out. If it helps someone else out, so be it. At least you know your team has been
0: stronger as well. That's only one other team. That's what I've I say over the last couple of years, I've started to become more confident in trades, and that's what I've had to tell myself that you know, ultimately it's. The value is in what you see in it, so yeah. don't worry if other people question the value either, because it's what you need and what is important for your roster.
1: And I've done the same in Dynasty. I was umming and ah in about what value to put in the extra pick for our quarterback trade with Herbert and Stroud, and I thought, well, should I? Well, you definitely accept it if I go for this or that. And I thought, well, do you know what? I'm I'm happy with that. It's one of those I think that you could argue it either way, but if it's a deal you're both happy with. It doesn't have. Don't sit there with trade cows and oh, actually you need to give me an extra seventh round pick. 10% <laughs> now. If you want to get the trade done, you want a player. Go and get that player, especially in dynasty. But for me, I'm happy now. I've got CJ Stroud potentially locked in for the next five, six years or beyond my fantasy team. I'm happy. I'm not going to see it in three years time and go oh, but who could I have picked up with that extra pick? It's not relevant, is it? So yeah, be having a look at that. What we also want to talk about is fantasy base will be in revamped from next week onwards. We're gonna have some guests on to join us. And potentially we have some of those longer conversations. We may put out a little mini pods as well for some fancy basics. Exciting. Next week, coming over from the DFS show, we've got uh, Mystic Mark Watson joining Ooh, us. Oh, Mystic Mark. So we're gonna be talking about some Titan's next week. So I'm recording that later this week. So we'll have a little bit of a treat for you from Mark Watson next week. However, Ed, would you like to get to your favorite part of the show?
0: Oh, I suppose we must. Fantasy props, pestle versus Ed.
1: Last week was the least confident I have been about a fancy prop at any point. I thought I'd made a little bit of a mistake in what I'd gone and not picking up Josh Downs in particular. So you went for Pukunakua first. I went for Flowers. I went for Flowers partly because I thought he had a route to the game that OBJ had this week instead. But also, I was hoping you would take Addison and be a little bit higher on what his output might be with his new quarterback than I would be so that I could take downs. You didn't do that. You went for what I wanted to do, but you did it. Yeah, and that's worked out quite nicely for yeah, me in the long run.
0: Addison, I mean, it's interesting because Addison was your top scorer, even though Rice was the only one, I think, who got yep. a touchdown out of the six. Addison
1: was pure volume.
0: Yeah, and I think it was, you know, would he have got that volume with Jaron Hall? Maybe not. And then obviously Downs went down with an injury. So, you know, I've not had great luck. But, what are the know.
1: scores on the door?
0: Let's do me first then. So Nakua, not great, 6.2. Downs went off injured. 2.0. Jaden Reed, probably what I hoped from him. He got about. Yeah. He got seven point zero. I was happy with that. Fifteen point two. Your top pick Flowers let you down. Two point one. Addison, as we've said, found his way to ten point two. The top score of the six. Uh, and Rasheed Rice got that touchdown in Germany. He got nine point seven. So it was twenty two for you. Fairly comfortable in the end, and very sadly. That puts you 7-2 up.
1: I'd miswritten. I'd written 6-2. I thought it was 7-2.
0: No, I forgot about last week's no, score 7-2, yeah. I, I really wish that I could say it was 6-2. 7-2, two. Two, and it's not looking good for me in the season-long three-pointer.
1: Which, to quote T.H. Tom, to go 7-2 down, that would be embarrassing. Yes. <laughs> so, thank yes. you, Tom. Is it all right? It is embarrassing. I, I am very embarrassed.
0: How can I extend my lead, Ed? Well, it's very simple this week. Uh, I thought, let's take advantage of the CJ Stroud hype and have a CJ Stroud-themed fancy prop. So, this week, as I alluded to, it is QB7 CJ Stroud versus QB18 Joe Burrow. So, basically, my question to you is, who scores more points in their Week 10 matchup? So, um, I thought I'd give you a little bit of help here. So, the last four weeks, uh, CJ Stroud uh, uh, has been QB17, QB12, QB23, and then, of course, this week, QB1. Joey B, much better last four weeks, seems to be finally clear of that injury. He's been QB8, QB14, QB4 and QB6. CJ Stroud was averaging about 14.15 until this week. Joey has averaged in the 20s over the last four weeks. So, yeah, it's over to you, really. Who have you? they both got? So, they've got each other.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> no, the, we go. It makes perfect that's sense. A, that's the matchup: Borough versus <laughs> there we, so, we So I've just it, caught up with the whole premise <laughs> of the prop.
0: So, so arguably, you know, you could argue, I suppose, on paper and on fancy points, the Bengals are a stronger defense. But you know, um, I, I, I don't think there's there's a massive difference there. Who, who I am
1: going to ignore all the numbers you have just told me because what I would like to happen. Yes, I thought I
0: thought you would go. Who you want to happen is
1: yes. I no I I would like. Joe Burrow to win me a fantasy prop
0: oh, oh no the <laughs> ultimate yeah that,
1: yep. the ultimate oh, no. I want you to be cheering Joey B on and then go oh or, yeah okay it's yeah. now 8-2 yes I understand that yeah okay. I'll go Joey B I okay. think I'll, but you're right I think this is the sort of week where I think that we'll probably get CJ Starr dropping back down to about 17-18 points and Joey B sticking to around 20-21 he's, he's
0: quite metronomic at the moment yeah. Burrow he's doing enough he's very, he's, he's very solid yeah. so yeah I
1: think but I'm not hugely confident. I think it's going to be close, but I think Borough will edge it. But
0: yeah, 22 to 18, I would not be surprised. If you get that, spot on, 22 to 18. That's the season one.
1: (laughs) Right, let's finish things up then. See if I can transfer our look from fancy props to cash money. Sunday Night Bet Club. So last week then you did for a nor- an Ed's normal bet and an Ed's big bet with your season long bets. Yeah,
0: Will- I mean, uh, you know, the two the, the or one uh, for the Ed's normal bet, you know, I don't know. Like we said, he's maybe dropped, dropped off a bit. But but yeah, yeah, we'll see how they, they develop.
1: My ongoing ones, Lamar Jackson MVP odds continue to decline. My 19.00 odds on that are looking pretty good now. I had the same journey though last season with Jalen Hurts, just for it to be scuppered at the end. I think if he remains fit, though, Lamar is definitely be in that conversation. He seems to be getting a bit better week on week. Not fancy, but in real life, looking a bit better each week. So time will tell. Ravens to win the Super Bowl was one of the bets. So I had a Ravens to win the Super Bowl. as one bet. And a Ravens to win Super Bowl and Man United to win the Premier League. That's gone. <laughs> That's uh, I might cash out now and just call it quits with the betting app of choice. But Ravens win the Super Bowl once again. Those odds that I got at the start of the season looking more favourable now. And then 49ers, Bills, Super Bowl, not looking as likely. So the odds are much better on that now if you were to put that no, the moment. maybe three weeks
0: ago, but not. But no. we shall
1: see. This week, though, I'm bringing back one of our favourite ever Malcolm drops that
0: we oh, had. Oh, I'm excited. A little late night over under... Have you missed that drop? Uh, Very much so. I I feel like I should have it as a ringtone.
1: (laughs) So for our late night over under then, it's our late night slate. So the post 9pm games and just looking at the over and so the over under is where you're given that line of a points threshold and simply combine points. Will it be over? Will it be under? It's not 50-50 because the betting company wouldn't make any money that way. So the odds are 1.9 either way rather than 2.0 to reflect that. So, this week we've got Falcons at Cardinals with a line of 42.5. I, almost, I couldn't believe I how high that was. I almost
0: said under before you said the line, yeah. and so definitely under. So,
1: they're between them, over the course of the season, they're averaging combined 36 points a game. That seems a no-brainer to me. Lions at Chargers, so 48.5 is the line. They're averaging 51 points. I've gone for the over because I just feel that could be a bit of a feisty one.
0: Yeah, I think um, the charges have been pretty awful on defence, haven't they? Yeah. I think you alluded to it in one of the stats about know what position they were terrible against. But, but yeah, I think I'd go over as well.
1: Commanders at Seahawks has a line of 45.5. They're averaging between them 42 points. This was the toughest one. I couldn't make my mind up either way on this one. I've ended up letting the current averages determine it for me, and I've gone for the under. Yeah, I think, you know... That's the one I'm not confident on at the, all. The
0: Seahawks will not be as bad against an inferior defence that the commanders are. But, um, but yeah, I think I'd probably sneak with under there.
1: And then Jets at Raiders, under. once again, I'm not <laughs> sure what the line <laughs> needed to be for me to go under. 36.5. That is a low averaging line. Averaging 35, but... We've got two offences who aren't putting up big numbers. That could
0: be like a 13-6. That could be a horrible game.
1: So that comes in with odds of 14.98 there. One thing I found interesting on listening to a different betting podcast, they were talking about how actually the under tends to hit on these game lines around 58% of the time I think was the number. Because obviously you're going to go probably 50-50, but the way that people are often positive when it comes to betting often bet on the own outcomes they want to see. So more people bet on the over. Um, so, yeah, that's why the under tends to come in a little bit more on that. So we've gone for three unders on there. I think we're in agreement on that as well, aren't we?
0: Yeah, I think, yes, yeah, so three unders and over, yeah.
1: Magnificent. So that is all for this week's show. Hopefully you enjoy another week of stellar NFL action. We'll be with you later in the week for Fantasy Five, And then next week with a bonus little feature set with Mystic Mark Watson joining us as well. But that's all from us for today's show. Ed, can you call the lift in, please?
0: Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.